0: Let's then, ladies and gentlemen, continue the conversation. This evening's the final one, or this segment is the final one for this evening and this week. We've just had Mr. Selah Hatang talking about Madiba Day and, of course, representation in academia as part of the transformation objectives of this country following the promulgation of the Constitution is real. We're focusing this evening on student night on how transformation in the institutions of higher learning is taking place. Chief Executive Officer at MyGrow, Mr. Mark Baker, is on the line to have a conversation with us about that. Good evening, Mark. Thanks for your time. So, Gaiso,
1: so lovely to be here with you. Thanks for having me.
0: Excellent. Let's talk about um, academia in general, transformation, some of the conversations that continue to hinder it. I do know that the Minister of Education then and now Minister of International relations even penned an academic thesis PhD level the contested meanings of Transformation in post apartheid South African universities your thoughts on just generally what we mean by transformation in academia and representation more specifically
1: Well, you know, I think there's really just a lot of change that's going on in academia and so much of it is is necessary I must say I'm a little biased because as a psychologist and being involved more in the the faculty of psychology, uh, my view is that the real transformation needs to happen from the inside out. That ultimately, uh, you know, self-belief, if that can be developed in students and uh, the the skills around uh, their psychology, the ability to keep on keeping on, the ability to overcome obstacles that might come in their way. um, I think these are the real things that will cause empowerment and ultimately transformation in South Africa from the inside
0: out. Let's talk about the 2015 task team that was assigned to look into transformation within higher universities. I mean, institutions of higher learning universities among them, Minister Bladen Zamanda was in charge at the time. He was concerned about the impediments within which postgraduate pipeline in producing support for early career development was taking place and the manner by which it was taking place. Of course, this was worse affected by the challenges of aspiring black and coloured female scholars. Your thoughts on that in general, before we get into the nitty-gritties?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's such a complex issue that uh, you know everyone, everyone obviously has an opinion on it. Uh, my opinion is that uh, the systemic changes that are being made in the education department are are not only necessary, but they've been long awaited, and I think they need to keep happening. I think. Transformation at that systemic level is something that uh, really must never stop happening. We we want to ultimately get as a country to a point where um, education is accessible, it's viable, and uh, people are empowered to get there. My uh, primary concern, uh, again, as I was saying as a psychologist, is even if we fix some of those systemic problems with education and essentially, especially higher education, and when, you know, as you mentioned, career development, is that if ultimately we don't develop people from the inside out in terms of their personal belief that they, they can do it, uh, they have something to add to the world, uh, then I think we, we really are missing something here in terms of people's professional development. And so part of what we, we're doing at Migro in emotional intelligence development is to say, well, you know, quite apart from the academic institutional work that can be done, quite apart from the uh, uh, educational levels that people now potentially have access to quite apart from some of the financial problems that need to be overcome can we make personal development from the inside out accessible to everybody in South Africa?
0: Can we? Mark, Josh, are there?
1: There? Yeah, go ahead. Well, the
0: question is can we? Can we?
1: Well, I mean, I believe we can, you know, uh, some of the work that's happening now through, um, you know, it started originally at uh, the University of Cape Town through the Graduate School of Business, uh, where through some of the PhD work that was happening there, uh, there was an attempt to look at how to scale the development of emotional intelligence through technology. And that obviously developed then into this, um, this this company that's come out of the university called called Migro that, that does exactly that. It uses technology to develop this most vital set of skills called emotional intelligence. And something very interesting, by the way, in a South African context is that uh, some of the, the, the research has shown that uh, with the differing uh, levels of academic performance in the current Department of Education, there's these there's huge uh, problems with pass rates. There's huge problems with um, you know some of the trends where the, the the level of education is is dropping. And what's very interesting is that psychologists are finding the problem is not with IQ. There's no problem with cognitive intelligence in this country. There's certainly no cultural differences with cultural intelligence. The main problem lies in the set of competencies known as emotional intelligence. And for those uh, students or or learners or, or higher education students that are able to develop their emotional intelligence, those are the ones that are more successful academically, and those are the ones that ultimately achieve higher heights in their career progression uh, than than anybody else. And unfortunately, in the academic institutions, this is not a set of skills that is typically focused on. Um, You know, I I, I think I noticed in reading up about you, at Selborne back in the days, if that's right. You know, I don't remember classes, uh, certainly in high school, on emotional intelligence, on how do I develop my ability to keep on keeping on, grit? How do I develop my ability to manage stress when the going gets tough? How do I develop my ability to override my judgments of other people or or some of the the things I might struggle with from, from past hurts in my life so that I can keep on building my life in a positive direction, irrespective of how I'm treated by those in the institution that I'm involved in? And so this really is the set of skills that I think we need to focus on to to really develop people from the inside out in South Africa. And that's certainly what is has become possible now through technology.
0: Of course, technology has a role to play in that. But I think one's circumstances inherent to one have, I would argue, an even greater role. And no one approach, if you like, will be a – no one approach can be used on different people. It's literally an individual. A tailored approach per individual. And some of the challenges here are systemic. Some of the challenges far out are are greater than the individual, if you like, or an individual is a response to the systemic challenges. How then do we deal, not necessarily the individual, but the environment from which these individuals come from that keep producing these individuals who not necessarily need work, but obviously need, if you like, the power leg up?
1: Well, Songezo, let me let me just uh, uh contradict you from what you're saying because while that is sure. a, a very uh emotional angle to take that, that you know people need to change from the inside out, but surely their environment is the most important thing and we must fix the systemic issues. Of course we must fix those. But the research in psychology is very clear that even if we fix the systemic problems in education in South Africa unless we can fix these emotional competencies there won't be any change and let me give you an example from research there was some there's been very well established research uh, around the concept of learned helplessness and i'll just give you one example you know in the uh, in the early days of understanding how people respond to systemic problems of uh, painful systemic problems psychologists were doing experiments um, where, you know, one example of an experiment is they they created a two-sided dog kennel uh, with a partition in the middle that could be opened or closed and a shock plate on the one side. They would then put the the dogs in the one side, shock the dogs, and, of course, they would jump away from the shock. They would jump to the other side of the dog kennel. But then when they closed that partition, this was actually done by a, a psychologist, Martin Seligman. When he closed the partition, in other words, he broke the system, so he, 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 he broke the, the practical dynamics around uh, uh, this entity that was able to respond. And he shocked those, those dogs again. They, they weren't able to get away from the shock. And so they would just kind of lie in the most comfortable way possible. And when that, got, when that had gone on for a certain amount of time, something very interesting happened. Because when the psychologists then opened up the partition, in other words, they fixed the broken system. And they shocked those same dogs again. Instead of them jumping away from the shock, instead of them uh, moving away from the suboptimal environment they were in, they carried on lying there taking the shock. And this is known as learned helplessness. This is a very well-established construct in South Africa. Uh, Sorry, not in South Africa, in psychology. Mm -hmm. So in South Africa, even if we fix some of the systemic issues and we don't fix the psychological paradigms of the agents, the individuals that have been bruised and hurt and wounded by those systemic problems, they won't be able to respond to them. I know that because of my own life, because what, through my life of privilege, I've had certain psychological perspectives that have held me back from achieving what I could have achieved in my life. And we see it now in the Department of Education. We see it with at, at, in some areas a 50% pass rate when there is access. To this education, not not obviously in all areas. There's still some systemic work we need to do, but ultimately, unless we can fix the agents from the inside out, even if we fix the systemic issues in education, we've only gone we've only gone halfway, and ultimately, we're not going to be able to allow the agents to respond to it.
0: I appreciate that. I've got a follow up question, but I do have Aisha and Uppington who wants to contribute. So let me go to our first caller in this segment. Good evening, Aisha. Welcome back. It's been a while.
2: No, I. Uh- I listen to you every day. Good evening, Sankezo. Um, Indeed, I would like to begin with your guest. There, this is a systematic issue that needs to be addressed. And in in my opinion, your your program for for emotional intelligence is to brainwash blacks so that you can keep controlling them, isn't it? uh thirdly about uh, um earlier you were you you were talking about youth can I comment on that now or or not yes
0: yes of course absolutely
2: okay, so what we need to do is to change things systematically we cannot go back we we have to go forward and it is all related to land. When we get the land, then the youth making it possible in the value chain for us to achieve. We are sitting with 13 million people unemployed. Their way does not work. So now we have to do it our way. And 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 the guy that you spoke to earlier, where he says that we have to do it according to the context. That is exactly what we have to do. That is how we get Fantastic. out of it. And this guy that you got sitting there now, he must leave his emotional intelligence business. Uh, what, what is the name? The Minister of International Relations.
0: Minister Panda.
2: Yes, yes, she is right. We have to fix higher education. And we can teach our own children values. That is for I'll most give the experience. guest
0: an opportunity to respond to you. Thank you very much, um, Aisha. Mark, one or two questions, I mean, one or two comments that came from Aisha were, well, of course, in relation to an earlier conversation that we had. To the extent that she was referring to you, Aisha that is referring to you, do you have anything to say in response to what she has said?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure exactly, you know, what um, her kind of life experience is Gezo. Um, all I can comment on is, is my experience uh, as an academic and uh, from mm. my perspective in my involvement with emotional intelligence. And uh, certainly what I'm seeing is that uh, when people's emotional intelligence is developed and uh, they are more successful in their lives and in their careers, irrespective of the systemic restrictions around them. So I just want to clarify that maybe, you know, my use of the term emotional intelligence is not particularly helpful. Let me just give an idea of what it is. I think emotional intelligence is a set of skills that helps people to manage themselves effectively and interact with others appropriately. And so even if there are people that are restricted in various ways, which is the case in South Africa, by systemic problems, that set of skills is a key differentiator between people that are going to be more successful than others who are potentially going to be less successful. So I'm, of course, not entirely sure of what this, this listener's background is. Um, But what I do know and what research around the world and what research in South Africa is showing is developing the emotional intelligence of, uh, especially learners, because your question was around, uh, you know, academics and career progression. This set of skills is like a set of psychological muscles that empowers people from the inside out to really make the most significant positive difference in their lives. We are able to develop that set of skills through technology. Um, and, you know, it's there and available for, for people to develop. I certainly believe that it is going to be such a wonderful contribution uh, to restoring South Africa. Of course, like that uh, listener was sharing, it, it's not going to fix the systemic issues, uh, but it certainly is going to uh, give so much help to many of the individuals in South Africa uh, that are desperately
0: needing mm. it. I want to go back to a point that I do agree that South Africa does suffer from a lot of learned helplessness. I I don't disagree with you there. For instance, I was in Cape Town over a period when it was raining, not very recently in fact I was in Cape Mm -hmm. Town, Mm -hmm. and in a wetland, low-lying area, you see there is a development of informal settlements. And the first question I asked myself, because it had rained. All of those houses were waterlogged. And the first question I asked was, surely somebody had to have thought that if and when it rains, these houses, all of them, are going to be submerged. Of course, nobody thought of that or thought and moved in relation to that thinking because those houses are submerged. So that's a question of learned, helplessness. And I understand the value that in changing the human being and one's thinking, you may take care of the fact that they live in a submerged house. But surely, and and, and this is where you and I might disagree, to an extent agreeing with Aisha, at least to the extent that it is relevant for my point, the environment itself has got to be conducive for an individual to change. In other words, those dogs, as they were, let me call them kennels, because the environment had changed and it constrained and constricted their movements, they got into the most comfortable position. And so they learned that. And when you change the environment, they still kept that behavior of still being comfortable in a difficult spot. But for that change in the dog that you require to take place and to be effective, what has to come before it is the environment changing. Create a conducive environment for people to to see the change, to appreciate the change, and to work with the changed environment. And it's not a solution, in my view, to, to take somebody completely out of the environment and put them in a new one and see that person develop without changing that environment because in that environment, there's still another dog that is there.
1: So, Gedo, I, I have to just share with you my perspective. Uh, sure. And, and all, all I have is, is my perspective and, and, and my involvement in some of the research I'm in. But if we have a look at some of the scenarios around the world where people are in a very good position, in other words, they don't have these uh, systemic restrictions around them. There are many people in those environments. If you look, for example, at the UK, that is, is quite a developed mm. country, certainly with far less poverty um, than, than South Africa. There are many people mm. there that are living on something called the dole, which is essentially a government tax, They have no jobs. They're sitting in a first world country with, sorry to put it so bluntly, but all of the white privilege in the world and their lives are a complete mess. They are going nowhere and they have everything in their favor. The problem there is emotional intelligence. In South Africa, we have a similar but opposite scenario where there are some people whose stories, and I hear it in day in and day out, from people sharing the most incredible stories of, uh, you know, their history in South Africa, dreadful history, you know, where they, through their emotional intelligence, have overcome the most phenomenal systemic obstacles and have become an amazing success uh, in the world. That's a minority of of people, though. They're they're not in the majority. I agree with you. Those people are not in the majority. I agree with you. And my hope is that we can develop that set of skills more in this country, so that we can increase the proportion of people that are able to empower themselves. Of course, there are some, uh, you know, limits here where, where you know, we, we can't fix everything. But certainly, it's the part that I'm hoping we can play uh, to bring some restoration in South Africa.
0: Mark, thank you so much for your time. Effectively, you say change the person. I say before you change the person, change the environment. We don't always have to agree, but I certainly do appreciate your thoughts and the candidness by which you presented them. Mr. Mark Baker, CEO of MyGrow.